Listening to the Food Talk Show. Hi there, my name is Susie Warren Smith, and for the next 30 minutes, 29 minutes to be exact. We're going to be talking all things food and drink. I'm joined by my fellow presenter, AJ Sharp, who's Hello. a taste expert. Hi. That is your description. Uh, and that's because you're a judge for the Great Taste Awards and loads of other awards and you're a food writer and MD of Sharp Relations, the leading drink PR company, etc., etc. Today, we're talking alternatives to alcohol. Brilliant. Luckily for us, we have a mixologist with us. Who's just spent ages outside mixing up these drinks? Look, look fantastic! Isn't that the coolest title, though? Mixologist. I don't really know what it means, but well, I suppose you're an expert at mixing. I feel like it's something that um, it's a nice title to have. I feel like what we want to inspire with our brand actually is that kind of everyone really is a, a mixologist. Um, just not as good as you. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, just to introduce our experts, we have Matt Mahatme who's just been speaking just now. And along with Jordan Palmer, he's created Lixir drinks. Yep. And they're like mixers, aren't they? Yeah, sort so of. a range of mixers. Yeah, so that's great because we uh, taste a range of mixers. And actually, if you get some really great mixers, you don't need alcohol in them. Mm. And then the other thing is uh, you can mix them with something that's non-alcoholic, you but tastes indeed. like alcohol, which is just as well because we've got Ellie Webb of Caleno. I've pronounced it right, Ellie. You have. I have. She's been on the show <laughs> before. <laughs> been on the show before. And she's bought a Caleno with her. And uh, it's really great because you're going to teach us how to maybe mix that uh, with other things. So I'm very familiar with the Caleno. see it all over the place. But how do I use it at its best? I think that's why we're here. Yeah. So we've got in front of us two drinks. First being Caleno Light and Zesty, which is our sort of lighter, still tropical distilled uh, spirit. It hasn't got a colour to it, does it? it looks no, just like it's gin, clear really. and yeah. we've mixed it with Lixer tonic. And we've just garnished it with some pomegranate seeds and uh, pineapple leaf. So it's looking very tropical. So that looks very good. Mm. And then there's another one that you've got next to you. It's full of ice and a, a, a wedge of lime. Full to the brim with ice, very important to avoid dilution, but it's uh Caleno Dark and Spicy mixed with Lix's Ginger Ale, which I know is delicious. Both of the drinks are delicious. I've drunk them for a long time. Have you now? Right. <laughs> so should we have a drink first and then talk about it afterwards? While they... So you're saying that if you put loads of ice, that it'll keep it cold, but the ice won't melt. Is that true? Yes. Well, I'm looking that. over to Yeah, no. It's, <laughs> left, it's, um, is that one of it, the tricks it, of the trade? It, it, it is true. And I think uh, when I was bartending, I think it's one of the things people come up to you and I think it's going to like reduce the strength of your mm. drink and never like, oh, can I have less ice in it. No ice I kind of get if someone doesn't really, really cold drink, but no ice, you know, or less ice, it's, yeah, the more, more ice you have, it stops, um, keeps the drink colder for longer, so it stops So it, then the um, ice won't melt. That's yeah, so it's, obvious. It's a bit like, um, well, I think, why didn't I know that? Well, I think people think they're getting less of the actual liquid, don't they? And it's absolutely wrong, isn't it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. The, the best analogy is like a snowman. So when it snows, people make, you know, kids make snowmen and when the snow's completely melted, you'll still see that 
ball of ice. Um, still there. Yeah, yeah, still still there sort of weeks later. And that's because it's obviously condensed uh, amount of, of, of cold. Yep. So first lesson to learn, loads of ice will not dilute your drink. Mm. You'll just keep it nice and cold. So we've got like four or five ice cubes in there. So I'll keep it nice and cold. Well, I won't drink it now then, Ellie. We'll just we'll talk because we can drink <laughs> it later because it'll be ice cold. Um, now let's have a little bit of a drinking session. So... Let's drink the, uh, the 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 one that looks to me look like gin. Now you've got pomegranates in there. I've never ever, and I'm getting on a bit. I've never seen anybody pluck the top like leaf <laughs> off a pineapple, which sort of gets plucked out, and put that in as a as a. It looks great, and you yeah. still got the pineapple left to eat. Exactly. I did this the other day. Um, never seen that. I've never seen it on a Zoom call, and and I was showing our, our perfect serves, but it just lifts the drink a little bit. And if if we were serving it, if we were serving uh, light and zesty in a sort of balloon glass or a goblet, I might have done a, a pineapple wedge. But it just looks makes the drink great. feel more and, exciting. And what looks really great is you've got you just popped in a few um, pomegranate seeds in there. So so you've got that lovely green which sort of goes from green down to white of the pineapple leaf, mm. which was great. And then you've got little bubbles of, of pomegranate seeds. And actually, I'm, I'm sure Matt will, will tell you, as soon as you see something, that makes you anticipate what it's going to taste like. It makes you really excited about drinking it. Absolutely. People so choose with their eyes. You know, yeah. If you're in a, uh, a bar setting, you've, everyone's sort of seen it. With the, the classic would be something like an Aperol or a Guinness. Mm. It's really distinctive. And I think when you can make a drink distinctive like that, you just want to have one, don't you? It's kind of sparks of curiosity. And then also having the fruit in it. I, I, I always, you know, a good sign of a great drink is to, you want to eat the fruit at the end of it. You want mm. some bits and bobs in yeah. there. It's so true, isn't it? I can remember I did bartending at some point in the past. Yeah. And I can remember that trying to influence what people were going to drink by getting, oh, cool, crisp gin and tonic. And suddenly four or five people at the bar have gone, oh, yeah, one, of those, one of those, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so true. It's Ellie, so true. take us through the toast pro- taste profile of Colonio. Obviously, we've got the elixir drink added to it. So so this is the what I call the normal one. Yeah, so I couldn't, well, I forgot to bring them today, but normally I would have some ink berries with me. That is actually the key ingredient in Colonio Light and Zesty, which Inkberries, also known as uh, Fasalis, uh, Cape gooseberries, are grown in uh, South America. It's then complemented by... So the little tiny orange things, aren't they? Yes. Yes. Small orange like fruits. Little tiny tangerines, but they're just oblong and... Yeah. yeah and they're great. They're great to snack on. I just like to have them yeah. as my five a day. Uh, but they also make a great garnish. So that's uh, another option. So we actually use those fruits in the distillation along with pineapple, uh, some papaya. We use some more traditional green botanicals like green cardamom, coriander seeds um, and some spices as well. So you get a really well balanced spicy citrus. We use some citrus fruits like silly and lemon peel. And some tropical notes as well, but the tropical notes in in all of Kalenua are the kind of the the more prominent feature. So, so you've been in this space for quite a while, and, and now it's quite uh, you know crowded. Yeah. How did you? Because because there weren't a lot of those around at the time. How did you manage to get the taste profile? Is it just about experimenting and experimenting? See what goes. And no, oh, that's got too much cardamom. That's it. I'm just doing it for ages and ages. In short, yes, it is. It's just a lot of perseverance, hard work, keep going. Um, I probably spoke to about 150 different bartenders. Um, just, I, I live in Bristol. Um, that's where I, I started the drink, but I also went to London quite often. And, and I would just spend days, during the development process, I'd spend days taking along samples of my drink and literally just walking into a bar, going and speaking to whoever, who, whoever was behind the bar and saying, I've got this non-alcoholic spirit of some kind. 
try it, see what you think, and then just getting their feedback. And they would they would give me tips and and tricks and and I'd go away take that go away and actually make it better well that's um that's really important isn't it because if you are developing a new product AJ will definitely tell you this it's not what your mum thinks is it or your partner or your kids or whatever you really need to go out there and get a lot of people to taste something and get honest honest feedback yeah and it's actually fulfilling a need that wasn't that, that was there in the first place and this need for a really good quality non-alcoholic spirit for people who maybe they're not drinking or maybe they just want to drink a bit less in an evening yeah well it was twofold one of it one of uh, the parts was actually getting feedback from people who knew how to make really great drinks the other half was uh, I think three or four maybe even five uh, restaurants and pubs actually let me come in and sample with their customers because the other part was actually making sure this was something that people wanted a drink that they would part with their hard-earned cash for and and sort of I guess you would call it testing the market really Mm. it was like my version of market research and making sure. And was it important for you to go into bars and in order to make relationships with those those sort of outlets and the retail sort of thing before you started going into the into supermarkets and stuff like that? Yeah I think I think that way around. I think it kind of eased me in because I'm I the first time I walked into a, a bar on my own to do this I was terrified I'm not really a salesperson and so that sort of built up my confidence and it sort of eased me into the oh by the way I've got a product that I'm launching thank you very much for your feedback would you like to uh, would you like to stock, stock it, it. <laughs> so a lot of the pubs and bars that I went to early on now stock Caleno behind the bar so no it, it is a sales tax <laughs> it's a sales tactic it's a very long-winded one but <laughs> it well, does work it, it, it fulfills a number of, of, of yeah. you know reasons why you're doing it yeah um Matt can you just tell me what you're tasting there and what you've added to it so we've used our classic Indian tonic water so it's I guess traditionally how it differs from a an old school tonic you might have in the market is we really dial back the quinine um, in our mixers. So all of our tonic waters contain quinine, which is its defining ingredients. That's what gives it that kind of dry finish. Um, but what we found was basically, and, and it came from our own drinking habits, that we found that that was quite often either chemically or too tart for our taste buds. And we saw people absolutely crucifying gin with lemonade more often than not. And that was mainly because that lemonade. Sort of, I know, lem- lemonade, you know, like sugar you're putting into <laughs> it. Students, you're kind of, though. yeah, you're losing that. You're <laughs> yeah. losing that you know, really well-balanced um, drink, but more often than not, tonic can be quite bitter. So we dialed down that quinine and what that allows is that the, the spirit should really sing. So for me, I, I get loads of the calenia out of that and that's mm. kind of really the purpose of a, point, a mixer yeah. should should be. Yeah. So we use a mix of orange, lemon and lime as our kind of key core flavours. Um, I mean, that is so refreshing. It's, it's incredibly refreshing, it's really isn't it? But it's got quite a lovely clean citrusy finish at the end, which I like. Mm. I've mm. nearly finished mine. Um... <laughs> Then we've got your darker version, which yeah. is my preference. That's the one I like the most. Um, do, do you want to, again, just talk us through that? And also, yeah, sure. the, your your influence from flavours is not necessarily from the UK, is it? No, no. <laughs> um, I When I was first working on Colonial, I spent a little bit of time travelling around Colombia. And a lot of the fruits, like pineapple, papaya, coconuts, um, mm. inca berries that we use in the distillation of both both uh, bottles of Caleno are inspired by the fruit, ma- fruit markets in, in Colombia and uh, one of the most biodiverse countries in the world. But dark and spicy is a slight, you know, a darker, richer um, option. We've paired it today with ginger ale, but it also goes really nicely with ginger beer, depending on how, how high you want your level of spice. 
prominent ingredients in there are pineapple, a little bit of toasted coconut. We do use some lime as well to get the citrus notes, some black cardamom, uh, some kola nut and a little bit of vanilla to give it a slight smoothness so we often say if you know you if you're a fan of spiced rum or rum type drinks you would probably love Kalenya dark and spicy with ginger ale and a, a little bit of lime yeah now for me that i can taste a little bit of pineapple there definitely mm. coming through that's my that's one of rum-ish the main... type of drinks uh and i'd i'd probably add a little bit of ginger on that because yeah. you, know you love much, ginger you know how much i love ginger don't you Put some fresh ginger in there. Why not? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I would actually, and and uh, but that's the point of these things, isn't it? That you can just, you know, you've got an amazing drink there, and you can you can just play around the edges to get it exactly how you want it. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And I loved I loved experimenting with this one. And actually, uh, the dark and spicy, more so than light zesty, actually makes a really great base for cocktails too, because it's darker. It's got real great mixability. So. If you do fancy experimenting at home or if you're out at a pub or bar, you might see a Caleno dark and spicy cocktail on there. Because oh, it's, it's got a really interesting taste profile, hasn't it? And mm. I know you've given us all the different ingredients there, but it's got almost like a molasses, like a brown sugary kind yeah. of lovely sweetness underneath, which is giving it a real complexity. I get the sweet first and then I get the slightly limey afterwards, mm. do you? Yeah. Quite yeah. nice. Some... Uh, I think what we wanted to stay away from, if you t- if you try some pineapple or, you know, really fruit tropical based rums, they can sometimes uh, be a little bit sweet or overly sweet for me. Um, and we actually, there's no sugar um, in any of the Kalenya drinks and it's super low calorie. And so we wanted to avoid it feeling overly sweet and sort of you know, being our traditionally sugary soft drinks actually you know really have that's nice that's balance, a really I think. Yeah, it's, it's long good. drink that you can have a few of it's, and I you've added ginger you, uh, is it your ginger ale it's ginger ale i think there's two with ginger ale two with ginger beer so i think you've probably got the ginger ale if it's not as gingery as yeah the ginger beer is significant okay so you give me the wrong one matt fiery yeah so <laughs> <laughs> I'm, i've got degrees of color blindness so yes, it's really no, hard for me no. to tell which yeah. is the uh the, the dark versus the lights but i think what, what's um amazing about it as well is also smell like there's a lot yeah. of rums I find it's really mm. hard to get a distinctive smell yeah. for them. They either mm. smell, especially from a spice yeah. perspective, they That's smell really vanilla and sweet or just don't really smell at all. And actually mm. you're getting a journey with that drink free when you put it to your, you know, your mouth and you, you get that nose, um, mm. that smell first. It's like really refreshing, makes you want to have more. And then I was the same as you actually, that that end bit was like slightly more limey for me, but there is a real nice. distinctive like taste journey in, in that, which I think is really nice. Interestingly, so, this the darker um, drinks, the dark and spicy uh, with Lixer Ginger Ale, I find perfect with food, whereas I didn't get that so much with Light and Zesty. I, I can sit out in the garden a hot time, day yeah. with, with a few of my girlfriends and drinking that, but actually I really enjoyed drinking a darker, longer drink with food. It's, it's something about I'd, it's a bit I'd more Moorish. I'd have that with a bit of curry. Actually, yeah, well, it's definitely. got a good depth yeah. of flavour to it, hasn't it? So it probably stands up to the flavours of food and doesn't think, get lost. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Mm. Yeah. So, so when you started on this, uh, uh, how accepted was it? With all due respect, you yeah. know, you're quite young into being this business. So you turn up and you, and then you're starting to try and get into the, you know, the retail thing. Mm. How easy was it? You must have slogged away because it's not easy getting into supermarket on anything, let alone yeah. non-alcoholic you knew sort of spirits that weren't really a thing then how did you yeah I think god looking back I mean it was 2017 when I did dry January for for the first time and that's really where the colonial story began because at the time I worked in the drinks industry um 
quite a boozy place to be honest and I was approaching my late 20s 30s wanting to drink a little bit less especially during the week and there just weren't options out there and and I remember you know talking about going to pubs and bars I remember going in and speaking to them and saying I've got this idea it's potentially going to be a non-alcoholic spirit something you can make cocktails with and they just looked at me like I had two heads and said what What's that? It just didn't exist really back then. Mm. Um, as I did research, I started to find other non-alcoholic alternatives, but they weren't readily I don't available. Want Diet Coke, thanks on a night no, out. Not no, when no, it's no. my tenth one, and everybody else is having a you know. It's just no. And and actually, the stats now, I think under thirty fives, a third of under thirty fives don't drink at all. Mm. And that could be for religious reasons, could be all, for all sorts of reasons. Yeah. It's you know, it's not fair to assume that everybody that walks into a bar wants an alcoholic drink. And I think that was what was happening essentially. It was, I mean, it was a little bit lazy in a way. It was almost going, and not just for from a bar industry perspective, but also from the supermarket. It was kind of going, if you don't want to drink alcohol, you know, if you're drinking alcohol, you can have a really well-made, grown-up cocktail and craft beer and all these amazing, exciting things. But if you don't want to drink, we're almost punishing you with a, a really sugary children's drink. And I, mean, I so just amongst thought it was your wrong. mates, you know, all your mates are there and you've yeah. got like some awful, you know, I don't know. What would it be? Just some... J2O? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> or elderflower over and over again. Yeah. And, and I had that the other day. It makes you stand out night, amongst your friends. And actually, you don't want to. You want to be part of the crowd if you're not drinking, surely. Of course, of course. Yeah. You want to fit in. You want to have a nice looking drink. You know, we've talked about the garnish and the presentation and the glassware. You want to feel like you're drinking something that's special um, not and that you enjoy. Yeah. So, and, and then you went into the sort of the, the mixer mm -hmm. side of it. Now, I know some people who say you should never have flavoured tonic because it means the gin's not good enough. You know, da-da-da-da-da. Somebody's worked really hard to get the gin profile right. Let's let's just use gin as one example. But actually, you were telling me a very good reason, actually, why having some flavoured tonics could be a good idea. And I'd never thought of it before. Yeah, it kind of came out of our own, own drinking habits, but being... Drinking habit, that sounds awful, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> no, I, know, I know exactly what you mean. But, but, you know, uh, Jordan, <laughs> Jordan uh, my co-founder and I, when we we'd first come out of university, uh, you are trying to get yourself out of an overdraft. You're paying off student loan, trying to save. So it was kind of slightly born more out of um, a, a fiscal kind of reason when we first were talking about the brand. If you're looking at a shelf and going, okay, I don't know what to get, spending £30 on a bottle of alcohol you might not like is actually... It's a lot of money, it, it, it's isn't a challenge, it's a lot, and, yeah. yeah, and I think it helps. I mean, Jane Painton, uh, our uh, other uh, amazing occasional presenter, who's obviously a drinks expert, she, she wouldn't put a mixer with gin or whatever. She, she said, if you've got a real good craft gin, you just have that with some ice, uh, you know, um, which actually makes sense. So if you if you then have a, I used to say cheap, that's not really fair, is it? But if you have a bog standard gin, then you know, really experiment with the mixers. Mm. I hadn't really thought of that before. No, I think it's absolutely imperative, really. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also, why not just do all the lovely garnish stuff as well? Make an occasion of it, mm. and it brings it. It brings a new drinker into the category. It's quite hard to like upsell to a younger person, you know, to a, a premium tonic. And we are kind of at, at that same sort of price point, but it, it's kind of giving them a bit more reason. And it's easier to level up your mixers in terms of a cost than it is to necessarily go from Tanqueray, which is an incredible, you know, uh, household name and gin, but going from that to a thirty-five pound bottle of you know copper yeah. distillery. Mm. Gin, it's an expensive thing to do as a younger person. So, but having tasted Copper River, you know them very well as well, don't you? That's great on its own. It is good on its own, mm. and it, just but, with some ice. But it's it's almost now if you go into a bar and you say, 
you know, I'd like a gin and tonic. What tonics have you got? If they haven't got a selection, it's now surprising, isn't it? You now sort of, you know, it's something that you're looking for. I think it's because gin has become, to some extent, slightly saturated. So, you know, there's some amazing gins out there, but there's almost too much choice sometimes for consumers. So if they can take something that they they know and love, like a reliable... Um, I don't know, Bombay Sapphire is my kind of go-to house GNT. It allows them to kind of experiment with something that they know. Mm. So it's not as far reaching as, okay, do I go to a, you know, a distillery or a gin I don't really know much about? And especially if you're in a setting where a bar hasn't, you know, got an extensive description on the on the menu in terms of where the gin's from, what botanicals are in it, you're quite taking quite a big punt. Whereas if mm. you can go yeah, yeah. actually, you know, rhubarb and ginger with my favourite gin or um, you know, blood orange and cinnamon or whatever, um, mm it's just a bit more accessible in terms so, of So you've brought along some of your tonics. Can we taste yeah, those yes, on their own? Can. What have I got here? So the, the, the pink one is our uh, latest tonic water, which is pink grapefruit. Um, so that's got a sort of blend of pink grapefruit. Um, there's some a little bit of orange in there and also a tiny bit of basil. Yeah, it's not too over the top though. No, that's it's quite, quite sweet, ton- isn't it? That's quite tonicky. Yeah. They're all, um, as I said, all of them have quinine. Oh, I've in got them. the quinine. I've got that at the back now. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That's just come through. <laughs> and then the clear ones are, are rhubarb and ginger, which I think is probably from a direct to consumer perspective, definitely are. are now, popular. everybody knows so much like ginger. So, and rhubarb I do like rhubarb. <laughs> this is going to be good, isn't it? Don't you think? <laughs> going to be good. Ooh. So, it should be earth. Oh, I can smell it. Mm. You're the taste expert. Tell me what you're tasting. Oh, it's lovely, isn't it? Yeah, you get the rhubarb, especially on the end. Yeah. That's one I think I'm yeah my, I think we're most sort of proud of in terms of and that that was really important for us as well in terms of if you've got two flavors on a label so there's like you, know, you get flavored ciders where or say I don't know, strawberry and lime and you can't actually distinguish strawberry or lime where actually interestingly with the the, the Clenio, most of those flavors that um, Ellie talked about and at the base of a drink you can kind of pick those out whereas for a lot of uh, soft drinks in particular it's just a blend of like sweetness and it's it's got a flavor on the label to sell it but does it really taste of that so for us it was really important to go okay if you're gonna have a rhubarb and ginger tonic I want to be able to taste rhubarb that earthiness that tartness so and I also want that kind of fiery ginger there's a lot going on there there is I get more rhubarb than I ginger. do too yeah I but get there a little a, bit of ginger there's a lot going on mostly rhubarb it's lovely though mm, very good so what's the plans Matt uh, world domination world domination yeah we're on a, a mission to become the most loved mixer brand that's kind of where we want to be seen in the world is that <laughs> Love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love a big vision. But, yeah, no, well done, Matt. <laughs> I, I think for, for Jordan and I, and I think for a lot of younger consumers, it's kind of bringing drinking back to that occasion. Where, you, know, you go for a drink normally because you want to share an occasion with someone, whether that's a birthday, it's a, it's a date, it's mm. a, a celebration or just catching up with a friend and it's bringing it back to that kind of occasion. Because um, we can all meet each other again now. Yeah, mm. we can do exactly. So um that's kind of we, we want to kind of win hearts and minds of our consumers and be you know a brand that people really love um but i think yeah just expanding on our international presence so we've we've done really well actually in our first sort of four years internationally that's taken a bit of a hit this year, the last couple of years with, with covid but we're up to sort of um 18 international markets now so expanding wow. on that um going into retail in the uk this year is the first time we'll sort of be trying to pitch in this year so Brilliant. sort of limited by pet formats previously so we've got an exciting new product in the in the pipeline in the next month or so mm-hmm. um exciting. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah a bit of innovation yeah and Kalenio? i mean you are literally everywhere now is it what you imagined when you started off i mean it's a phenomenal success ellie no i think i think you know talking about vision earlier i definitely started with the vision i wanted to be able to walk into any pub bar restaurant supermarket and not necessarily Kalenio, but just 
ensure that non-alcoholic, grown-up non-alcoholic drinks were readily available. That was the dream. And of course, I wanted Kalenio to be a part of that. So I've always wanted Kalenio to be a, a global brand. Um, this year, we are, we're going big. We've just launched, our, you know, we've launched our biggest ever summer campaign. Say yes to a summer of no regrets. And I think that's a nod to not needing the alcohol and the Dutch courage to have uh, the fun that you need across summer. And of course, we've had a couple of summers which haven't quite panned out the way we'd wanted. And I think it's just saying, you know, you don't necessarily need to rely on alcohol to have to have fun. And that plays into our mission of Colonial. We just want people to enjoy themselves when they're not well, drinking. Well, you, you can intersperse it. You know, if you're going to be lazing around all day, uh, you know, outside or listening to a concert or whatever it is, you know, have a couple of drinks, but then intersperse it with yeah. something. You don't have to just go for alcohol the whole time. Yeah. Um, and it just gives you that flexibility, doesn't it? So interestingly, we've uh, we've uh, tasked the team with a challenge to do a, a Summer of No Regrets challenge. And some of them are now going to be doing skydiving, bungee jumping, doing something that would normally require a bit of Dutch courage. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was a slip and slide, making a giant slip and slide. So I feel like I need to upgrade it now after hearing. <laughs> One's getting a colonial inspired tattoo. Crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. Hopefully not on the head. <laughs> Sure. Can't see it, possibly. Um, that's great. So that's all going to be launched in the summer. Oh, please, we're all going to have some summer. great weather. Let's hope. Yeah. Um, I think people are so excited to be back yeah. in, you know, seeing each other again. I was in uh, London, well, quite a few times uh, this week. And people are wandering around, they're sitting in coffee shops, they're chatting. Like, oh, at last, it feels like we're getting back to normal. Yeah. Um, and, and, and maybe you know Ellie that people are being a little bit more responsible because they want to enjoy themselves even more <laughs> I think I think they are I think the last couple of years have changed people's perspective on health well-being um and I think people want to enjoy themselves but not to the extent of I feel terrible the next day that I can't make the most of my Saturday or my Sunday um and so I think people are really thinking about that of course they still want to go out and socialize and have drinks and meet with friends but they are you know we talked earlier a little bit about I think you mentioned a stat about younger people not drinking the reality is people are still drinking alcohol they're just drinking less of it when mm. they do go out or it's very very expensive and so some people are drinking at home and then they'll you know, might yeah. have one drink while they're getting ready and then, you yeah, know, go out and have exactly, alcoholic exactly. drinks. So, well, we wish you very good luck. Uh, Kalenio is available where? We are, well, everywhere. places are, everywhere. not everywhere just yet, <laughs> okay. but we're working on it. Sainsbury's, yeah. M&S, uh, Waitrose, Ocado, if you shop with any of those websites. And then the classic uh, kaleniodrinks.com. We have some special offers and, and deals on there quite often and Amazon. We will, of course, have Brilliant. links to that. Yeah. And Lixir, where can we get that? It's bars you're normally on. Yeah, but we've, we've got a direct to consumer presence online as well. So you can get us on our website at elixirdrinks.co.uk. You can also order mixed packs on there. So if you want to try yeah, a whole range, range. Yeah, rather oh, than um, just one, or, yeah. Yeah, one or two. Um, and then also Amazon Prime as well, the uh, next day delivery as well. Yeah, and I would recommend that, you know, if you're sort of knocking about on a sunny afternoon, uh, why not get some of these things in and do a bit of mixology yourself and work out your own favourite sort of non-alcoholic cocktail. Amen. Add some stuff in, get some bits of ginger and lime and pomegranate seeds and get a pineapple and pull a leaf off, which is something I've learned today. <laughs> that's brilliant. So thank you so much for joining us. So that's Matt Mahatme. And of course, don't forget Jordan Palmer, his uh, lovely co-founder of Elixir Drinks. We'll put links on for that. And Ellie Webb of Kalenia. What do you reckon, AJ? 
I just think it's amazing. I'm going to be an experiment, actually, experimenting this summer for sure. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah, cheers, Cheers. No problems at all. So you've been listening to the Food Talk Show, and uh, we're in all sorts of radio stations, aren't we, across the country now? We are. Yep. So get mixing around the country, uh, and uh, we're available on, as usual, Audible, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes, and the podcast app on your phone. Thank you to my fellow presenter, AJ. Thank you for having me. And AJ, and our partners, the lovely people at Produced in Kent. And don't forget, we have been doing this programme for six or seven years now, every week. I've been on every one, you know. Six years? Yep. Blimey. Six years. Uh, so every week, so we've got hundreds, hundreds, we're not any newcomers to this podcast game. Uh, so don't forget, go on foodtalk.co.uk. You can, topics from snail farming to beekeeping. You could even check out Ellie, who was on it. When were you on it? October. November 2019. There you go. Good memory. Three years ago. Good memory. <laughs> okay. Well, we do hope you have a nice week. Uh, we're going to sample some of these um, oh, yeah. lovely drinks. 